Smith Elias. You just made the list. And feel the power. I am the game. Hello and welcome back to the Four Corners Keeping It Kayfabe Pro Wrestling Plus podcast. I rebooted and redesigned. I wanted to come back. I wanted to discuss pro wrestling at its finest and its worst. I wanted to discuss movies, horror releases, what's big at the big screen. I want to discuss everything that I love about the world and I want you guys to listen in. I want you guys to get involved. So don't forget to send those voice notes. Keep an eye on the social media because I am bringing everything pro wrestling, everything movie related. I'm going to even chuck in some top 10s every so often, whether that's top 10 wrestling moments of the year, top 10 movies of the year from any genre. I want to hear what you want to hear from me. So why don't we dive straight into this episode? Because I am so ready to discuss Halloween ends with you. I am so ready to talk about Triple H and everything good that Triple H has done since SummerSlam. And I also want to discuss Terrifier 2 and how bloody awesome that movie is. And we are hot on the heels of NXT Halloween Havoc. And that was one of my favourite shows of the year. So how can I leave it off? Let's get on with the Keeping It Kayfabe Pro Wrestling Plus podcast. Enjoy Halloween. Enjoy Terrifier 2. Enjoy Triple H. And let's dive into Halloween Havoc. Coming up now. Hello and welcome back to the Keeping It Kayfabe Pro Wrestling Plus Four Corners podcast. Um, I am absolutely delighted that you've chosen to either download or just listen to this episode. Probably because you're a fan of the Halloween franchise, or maybe you're a fan of Art the Clown, or you just love pro wrestling and you love Triple H so much you wanted to listen to this episode, or you're a casual viewer, caught Halloween Havoc at the weekend and decided, hey, I want to know what Josh thinks of that pay-per-view because um, it was a phenomenal show this past Saturday. That main event, if you haven't seen it, go watch it before you listen to any of this further because Bron Breaker, JD McDonough and Ilya Dragunov absolutely delivered an A-plus pro wrestling triple threat match for the NXT title this past Saturday. So you know why we're here. Halloween ends. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start right off from the bat with this one. What a movie. What an end to the franchise. Now I'm probably going to get shut down for my views on this, but remember it is only a matter of my own opinion. I'm a Michael Myers guy. Okay. I'm 33 years old at the time of recording this. I wasn't born in 78 when the original movie hit cinema goers hard and everyone was worried about locking their doors at night. And if the boogeyman would come for them in, in the white mask, the, the infamous, famous white mask donned by Michael Myers. Um, I was lucky enough to, to catch this probably when I was 10 years old as my first ever horror movie, slasher horror movie. Because, listen, John Carpenter, when he directed the original Halloween movie, did not want blood, gore and guts. He wanted a good old-fashioned slasher style stalker movie and he delivered 
40 years later, we have a new franchise in town, a new trilogy to that franchise. And back in 2018, Halloween hit cinemas and wow, what a movie, what a new take on the franchise that was. Um, and I'm not here to talk about Halloween or, or Halloween Kills. I am here for Halloween Ends. But if you like my review of Halloween Ends, let me know. Drop me a line and I'll happily break down all, all of the movies. Let's go back to Season of the Witch. Let's go back to The Return of Michael Myers. Let's go back to The Curse of Michael Myers. Or hell, let's even do Halloween H2O 20 years later because actually that movie doesn't get enough love because that was a lot of fun. So anyway, Halloween ends. I was lucky enough um, to visit the cinema on the opening night here in the United Kingdom. For Halloween ends, we booked a, a 10 past nine um, movie time, uh, which was perfect because it was dark out, it was cold out. You know, you can go in the cinema and get your Coke, get your Tango Ice Blast. Uh, get your popcorn, your snacks, your hot dogs, your nachos, whatever you desire. And you can sit there for two hours and enjoy a good old-fashioned horror movie. Now, Halloween ends. Again, guys, spoiler alert. If you've not seen the movie, don't listen to this. Just save this episode and just, just hit it a, as a play later. You know, Just play this episode later once you've seen it and listen to my thoughts on it. But Halloween ends. Absolute banging. Banging movie. Um the score, the setting, the way that movie opened with probably the main character in this in this movie, Corey Cunningham. Um, I, I love the backstory. I love that it took us to Halloween night 2018, you know, that, that night that Michael returned. I And I loved, I just loved the character arcs throughout the whole movie. I thought Alison was great. I thought, I thought Laurie was fantastic and, and, you know, just every single character in this movie. I was just a bit upset that we didn't get enough Lindsay. Uh, big fan of Lindsay in Halloween Kills. Um, but again, Kills was probably Lindsay's movie. You know, she'd survived Michael. Um, she's working behind a bar here in Ends. And, and she's safe. She's safe from, from the streets, from the town, anywhere that Michael might be stalking. But again, you know, Michael isn't quite at full strength in Ends. Um if I'm right in saying ends is four years after kills. So Michael has been hiding out, probably, you know, stealing food to survive, living up that tunnel, um, killing to build his strength. Um, still trying to understand myself if it's the mask that, that has some sort of curse or some power over Michael that, that helps give him that strength. But certainly... Michael's strength is when he kills, when the body count increases at his own hands. Now, what I love about kills is we see Michael in, in, his, in his full form. He is killing left, right and centre. There's some brutal kills in Halloween Kills. And then he comes across the, the angry mob and he gets beat down, he gets shot, he's injured, he's hurt. But he somehow escapes that mob and he returns home. He returns to the Myers house and and we and we see him obviously end by killing Laurie's daughter at the end of that movie. So he's got that final bit of strength. But after that, we don't see him. We don't hear of anything. And for a long period of time in Halloween Ends, we don't see Michael. We do understand now. Eventually, Corey comes across him in the tunnel. Uh, Corey is provoking him, understanding that he needs to 
teach Michael. You know, Corey's being bullied. He's he's got a lot of issues. The town have turned on me on him. He's the murderer of the of the young child that we saw at the start of the movie. So Corey hasn't got many friends apart from Allison. Corey suddenly becomes, you know, very understanding of the situation, turns a bit crazy throughout the movie. And and I love that. I love the slow build. A good hour of Corey, Allison, Laurie. It, it's such a great character build because what Michael Myers has done to this town, everyone is scared, everyone is petrified, and Michael is lurking. Even when no one has seen him for years, Michael Myers is lurking in the shadows, and it's true to form that he is but he's had such an effect on Haddonfield that no one can ever truly move on from the curse of Michael Myers so to speak so when we we get this character building with Corey I I love it I just I I don't understand and again it's a matter of opinion I I don't understand the hate for this movie we don't we saw Michael Myers We've, we've seen him in Halloween 2018 we've seen him in kills at the top of his game this is not his movie. This is the end of Halloween. So having Michael in this movie for the bare minimum that we got, which was, what, nine to ten minutes screen time? It's plenty. Because in Halloween 1978, yes, it's a shorter movie by 25 minutes, but but we also only got ten minutes of Michael. So I don't understand why people are, are shouting at this movie, saying, oh, we needed more, we needed more. You didn't get that much in the original because you didn't need it. You didn't need to see him. You know he's around. You know the boogeyman is coming. It's just when. And when Michael finally gets up to strength alongside Corey and and the kill on um, Nurse Deb. uh, I thought that was fantastic when Nurse Deb, uh, actress Michaela Dawson, is back, uh, obviously, sleeping with the very rich doctor who has a lovely looking house. You know, he, he buys her a gift. Um, it's on the bed, she gets changed, she runs a shower, you know, we've seen it all before. Um, but but that kill, that kill scene is fantastic. And that is where it starts Michael Myers back to normal. Obviously, before that, we'd seen Corey don the mask and Corey had killed teenagers um, that had been tormenting him. The radio station guy where he had a bit of a, an event, a bit of a bit of a problem with earlier in the movie that was a great kill by the way if you've not seen that but just all in all the character building for halloween ends really was fantastic and you know what i'm gonna go and re-watch that movie after i've after i've recorded this part of the podcast because it it is it is a great movie now the end fight i get it i understand the hate it's a kitchen fight okay guys we're not watching the raid two okay we're not getting that awesome fight scene from from um the raid 2 here in halloween ends we have got an elderly michael myers we've got a very elderly laurie strode they've been through hell for 40 years of their lives they are tired now laurie is waiting she is ready for michael and the demise of michael for me couldn't have been done any any better i remember sitting in the cinema being a michael myers fanboy thinking, no, 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 this is not happening. I sat there shaking my head. I looked to my left. I was shaking my head. But what came from that was was actually the, the township of Haddonfield, once Michael was, was dead, it wasn't enough for them. So they paraded him. And one of the best uh, scores from the movie, in my opinion, the procession, so go and listen to the Halloween soundtrack if you haven't already, but the procession, 
scene, uh, which is around about three minutes long in Halloween Ends, for me is one of my favourite scenes in the entire franchise, okay? Next to probably the kill on um, Alison's boyfriend in the last movie, uh, where he's left, he's left sort of laying at the top of the stairs, you know, his face has been bashed in. Uh, and then Michael walks down the stairs halfway, looks to his left and snaps the, the guy's neck. Forgive me, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I'm such a Halloween fan, right? Um, that is one of my favourite scenes in the, in the new franchise, uh, in the new trilogy, sorry. But this procession, three minute long with the, with the score, it's a funeral for Michael Myers. The way he has taken down all the roads in Haddonfield and then disposed of, that is a funeral. The town folk of Haddonfield have given Michael Myers a send off. That is perfect cinema. How, how can anybody not appreciate the end of Michael Myers? You knew what you were going into when you bought your ticket. You knew what you were getting two years ago when they announced Halloween, Halloween kills and Halloween ends. You knew what you were getting. It's the end of the franchise. What did you expect? Maybe you didn't need character arcs because this, this franchise has been going 40 years and the last thing you need at the end is... is is character arcs. Well, you got it. And it's a great take. Now, personally for me, I didn't want to see another Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills was fine on its own. That is Michael Addy's top game. Top tier Michael Myers from Halloween Kills. He doesn't need to do that again. We know how strong he is. We know how powerful he is. Kill after kill after kill. But it ends when he's down. He's tired. He's beat down. He is weak. He's human at the end of the day, right? That's the message I'm getting. He is a human, a sick human who needed, he needed help. He got out of the, the psychiatric hospitals. Time and time again, he seemed to escape. But he died, fully died in that movie. A human being got his funeral march, got the procession, and that was the end of it. Laurie also got her cherry blossoms with the sheriff, which I love, by the way, because if you go all the way back to Halloween 1978, and just with you know the whole the whole family thing, I I just feel that I just feel that ends is better than what people are making out. I came away loved it. I was upset that Michael had died, but I knew it had to end some way or another. I expected maybe both of them to die together, but that would have been cheesy, right? Laying together, dying, bleeding out. No, that's cheesy. Laurie Strode wins. She beat the boogeyman. The good guy beat the bad guy. The face beat the heel. This is movies for you. Halloween Ends is phenomenal. Start to finish with its two hour runtime. If you haven't seen it, and my goodness, I hope you have, because I've just basically told you everything you need to know in minor details, go and check it out because I am going to go and check it out almost right now once I finish this segment of the podcast. Great movie. Go check it out. You know what? Go all the way back to 78. Watch all of the movies because, you know, people are talking about Season of the Witch right now being a cult classic. People hated that in 1991, whenever it was released. People hated that movie. It's a cult classic now. And I cannot wait to see everyone tweeting, everyone critiquing negatively against Halloween Ends, talking about it as a cult classic in 10 years to come because I will be waiting for each and every one of you that hated on Halloween Ends, that now suddenly loves it. It's cult classic. It's the best of the trilogy. 
Can't wait to see it, guys. Anyway, Halloween ends, available on Peacock. It's in the cinemas right now. I'm led to believe that it's going to be out on Blu-ray digitally in the States. Ooh, December time, probably January here in the UK. So, uh, yeah, Michael Myers, Laurie Strode, Halloween ends. What more could you guys want? Right, guys, it's time to play the game. Triple H has been running the WWE since, I guess, end of July. Um, maybe, actually, earlier than that. Maybe the beginning of July. But, um, you know, factually, this podcast is not here to discuss dates and get everything right. Because it's a, an opinion. It's a podcast. It means I'm talking what I think. And what I think is right isn't always going to be right. So anyone that's listening, correct me. Give me the date, give me the time that Vince McMahon just handed the keys over to, to the game and he just runs everything in WWE. Because anyway, listen, I'm here to talk Triple H and how good WWE programming has been since SummerSlam. Now, if you remember, go back to SummerSlam. I, I won't forget that show for many reasons, personally. One of my favourite shows probably ever. It was very meaningful to me that night and, and I will never forget it. But the opening match that night, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the for the, the Raw Women's Championship, not only was it a great match, but it really did start the reign that, that, that we are that we are witnessing here under Triple H. Three returns post match Dakota Kai, Io Sky and Bailey. We got damage control weeks after after that. But that that set the tone for everything that Triple H has done or is doing or is planning on doing. We've seen Johnny Gargano return. We've seen people go back to NXT. We've even seen a change in NXT again. We've gone white and gold now. The 2.0 is gone. There was a lot of hate for 2.0, by the way. And at one point, it was my favorite um, piece of WWE programming. Uh, earlier this year, I thought two point was was very enjoyable as a com as a comparison, um, but but Triple H clearly has the same vision as the majority of fans now. Pro wrestling fans, it's toxic. Everywhere is toxic, unfortunately. Now it it is it is so fun discussing pro wrestling with more obviously with with positive people against the negative people because the negative people are always going to be right the positive people are always going to be right look it's a matter of opinion pro wrestling whether you love it hate it don't want to watch it but still watch it you know cancel your subscription in fact that's one thing i've not seen for a while people tweeting about canceling their 9.99 subscription because of how poor a show was because they didn't get the outcome they wanted so frustrating at times but i've not seen any of that i've seen more positivity than negativity recently in fact i saw one tweet last week raw was three hours there was one women's segment on it okay yada 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 fine i get that now are you taking into consideration the backstage segments? Are you taking into consideration the the the, the promos, the in-ring segments? Probably just talking about wrestling matches. And, and absolutely fine. There is there is definitely room for more. Um, but that show just didn't have it. So if I've seen any negativity under Triple H, it was probably that. Now, SummerSlam, fantastic pay-per-view. It was tying up a few loose ends of Vince McMahon's um, WWE, obviously, at the time. Now, since that, we we have had um, extreme rules. Hang on a minute. Now, now I'm questioning myself. 
what else have we had since SummerSlam? Um, Extreme Rules was a fantastic show, by the way. Um, <laughs> while I'm talking to you, I'm just going to double check because my, my WWE knowledge from 99 to 2003 is almost like untouchable. Um, but now for some reason, I can't remember. I think it's old age. I can't quite remember why I can't fathom what was in between um what was in between SummerSlam. Um I'm lost. I'm very, very lost. Uh what have we had this year? Oh my goodness, how did I forget this? We've had Clash at the Castle, which was probably WWE's first show after SummerSlam. It was it was Triple H's first put together show. How could I forget this? From the UK, Clash of the Castle. It, it, I'll tell you why. Because it was an anomaly. Okay, it sat on its own. It was a 5pm start here. I was I had a few drinks that night. It was a great night. There was a lot of testosterone in the room. You know, beers, pizzas. So forgive me. I was actually unwell the next day. I had a couple of days off. I was unwell. But that's between us. Um, so if you're listening, you now know that on the Sunday after Clash of the Castle, I was poorly for the first time all year. Um, blame the beer, blame the food, blame whatever. Um, Clash of the Castle was a fantastic show. Um, we had that main event, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. We all believed that Drew would win, but out came Solo Sokoa. But the way that main event ended, that was that was pure Triple H. You, you could tell that was Triple H booking all the way because, you know, when Triple H was the biggest heel in the promotion through 2000, through 2001, maybe, end of 99, 2000, the booking of the McMahon-Helmsley era had a, finishes very similar to that each and every show. You know, in 2000 at Backlash, we had Austin return when it was Triple H Rock. At Judgment Day 2000, we had The Undertaker return when it was Triple H Rock in that outstanding 5-5 Iron Man match. And the DQN was one of my favourites of all time, by the way, with The Undertaker return. But that felt like a very Triple H regime booking the whole show, phenomenal. The IC titles is, is you know is relative again. The United States title is relevant again. Triple H is bringing love to the mid cards. We he, I think he's working heavily now on the tag team divisions, both Raw, SmackDown, and the women's. I think you can see that, but you can't just click your fingers like like Thanos, and and create create something out of nothing. The IC title was there. The United States title was there. The talent was there. It's queued up. Now, the tag team's quite thin on the ground across both shows. It's probably too much to have two titles. So there is, you know, at the moment, the Usos are obviously holding Raw and SmackDown. So you can see what's happening. You're gaining more tag teams and you're having the titles defending across both shows. I think the same needs to be done a bit more with the women's as well. But Triple H knows exactly what he's doing. Who am I or who are you to tell him how to do anything better? Because, hell, he's doing a hell of a job right now. Roman Reigns, that championship reign, when is that going to end? I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Who's going to end Roman Reigns? Is it going to be Cody? Is he going to return at War Games? Is he going to save it to the Royal Rumble? Win the Rumble and face Roman at WrestleMania. Is it going to be The Rock? Is The Rock booked for Hollywood between, between January and April? Are we going to get head of the table versus head of the table at WrestleMania? I, who's going to call it? I don't know. But you know what? It's nearly the end of October and we are getting closer to Survivor Series War Games. That has got Triple H written all over it. 
you, you, I just feel that something big is going to happen and lead us into an exciting Christmas period when sometimes WWE programming can be very hard to watch for two months, you know, from Survivor Series through and normally what would be a TLC pay-per-view. We're not getting that this year. We are getting no pay-per-view in December apart from NXT delivered. Then we go into the Royal Rumble at the end of January. So we've got a big gap between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. So I just feel that something big is set in place for Survivor Series, for War Games, to lead us into the Royal Rumble and get everyone thinking, who is going to go to WrestleMania? Who is going to win the Royal Rumble headline WrestleMania and face, let's face it, Roman Reigns is not dropping that title until at least April, if Ever he drops that championship, of course he will one day. Of course he's going to have to. But Roman Reigns, my goodness, a Triple H guy or a Triple H guy. Um, we are weeks away, actually, as well from Crown Jewel, which is shaping up nicely. Drew McIntyre carrying cross inside a steel cage. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Look at the way Brock Lesnar is selling. I mean, if there was ever any doubt between Triple H and Lesnar's relationship, Brock is working for Triple H. Obviously, he's, he's working for that payday and that big big fat check that he's going to get from, from, from Paul. But my goodness, WWE, for me, probably has never been better. Obviously, as a child growing up and there's no social media, no internet for you to, to read all these returns. Obviously, 99, 2000, 2001 is probably my favourite time because that is when I found WWE. But right now, it has not been hotter I cannot wait for the future to unfold. I'm not wishing my life away, but Triple H, if you are listening, of course you are not. But if you are listening, thank you, sir, for bringing WWE back to where it belongs, where it is supposed to be. And that is at the pinnacle of the professional wrestling world, the pro wrestling industry. Yeah, I said it. WWE is numero uno in my eyes. Um, Lastly, though, Triple H, let's let's just get back to that. Bray Wyatt, we knew it was coming. We waited for weeks and weeks and weeks. But in what, in what, uh, how how were they going to bring Bray back? You know, in what capacity was Bray going to come back? Was he the fiend? Was he going to be Bray Wyatt? You know, Wyatt family Bray, Husky Harris. Um, but the Wyatt Six, I guess, is very interesting. It has viewers hooked. Now, how long are they going to... Hold back Bray from from being in the ring. Who knows? Is it going to be a, a War Games re-debut inside the ring? If it's going to be, it needs to happen quickly. I feel something will begin for Bray at Crown Jewel. I think, you know, the crowd over there are going to want to see the biggest stars. And in some way, shape or form, Bray will find a way onto that card. Perhaps not wrestling not being an announced match, but but some sort of altercation. And then we'll get a real idea as to where the Bray Wyatt character is going into Survivor Series, into Christmas, and into WrestleMania season in come January. So, wow, Bray Wyatt, Code Orange Shatter. When they drop that song on iTunes or Spotify or Amazon Music, they are going to get hit and some. They are going to make some serious money from Shatter because that is the finest theme song that I have ever, ever heard. So I raise my glass to Triple H. I raise my glass to Bray Wyatt. I raise my glass to HBK, Shawn Michaels. I'll get to you in a moment, sir. But Triple H, WWE, 
it's in very, very safe hands. And don't forget, guys, I want to hear your thoughts. What have you enjoyed so far about Triple H's reign? What would you change if you could change anything about Triple H's reign? And if you've got any negative, ne anything negative to say about Triple H's reign, send it in those voice notes. The link is available all the time. I hope you've enjoyed my very brief thoughts on Triple H's WWE reign. I think you got it in a nutshell. I love it. Let's just dive into Terrifier 2, guys. Um, don't listen to this part of the podcast if you're eating or drinking or a little bit squeamish. I mean, don't watch the movie if you're squeamish. Um, but then again, if you're a fan of Hall... Uh, Hall <laughs> I can't even speak, probably, guys. Uh, All Hallows Eve. Yeah, that was a mouthful. Terrifier, of course. But here we are with Terrifier 2. And, you know, let's just, let's, let's just get it out there, guys. Sienna, portrayed by Lauren Lavera, is probably the best final girl we've ever had. I mean, that final act of what was a two-hour, 20-minute movie was fantastic. Now, Terrifier 2, if you haven't seen it already, don't listen any further. Okay, I'm not going to give too much away because it's very hard to actually break down everything about that movie because it's actually so long um but what i am gonna say is i think we've got probably our best horror movie slasher since michael myers maybe since jason maybe since freddy maybe since leatherface is art the clown up there is he in the top five is he is is he ahead of people like chucky is he ahead of people like michael i think it really depends what you as a horror fan are looking for for me, what I'm looking for, and probably you 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 understand this from being a, a Halloween franchise fanboy, Art the Clown is wonderful. He's probably a bit too much for me to sit and enjoy as a horror movie, you know, sat on your own in the dark. It's probably a bit too much. Um, I mean, if the doorbell went right now, I wouldn't be answering it. Because A, who the hell is coming to see me at this time unannounced? B, if it was a goddamn clown, there is no way I know I'm not surviving the night if a clown comes knocking on the door at this time of night. And if it looked like Art the Clown, hell no, I'm getting out of town ASAP. I'm sure he'd hunt me down, chop me up into little pieces and do whatever he wants to do. But no, I'm not answering the door. So I wouldn't recommend watching this movie alone, certainly if you're not squeamish. Um, Sienna, like I've just said, Probably the best final girl ever. Yeah, I just said it. Maybe even against Laurie Strode. Sienna puts up a hell of a fight. <laughs> no spoilers. Not too much because this, this film is bloody wonderful. Literally bloody wonderful. I mean, you've probably heard about cinema goers leaving theatres. Ambulances have been called in because people have been passing out. I understand why. If I am mid-Nacho or mid-Tango Ice Blast through... That one specific kill scene, which, let's be honest, goes on for three to four minutes, and it is brutal. I I didn't think Terrifier 2 would in any way, shape, or form outdo Terrifier, especially the scene with uh, Catherine Kukoran, who, by the way, fantastic actress. I... He, I would also recommend you guys to go and listen to the Talk is Jericho podcast where they actually talk to Damien Leone about 
the Terrifier movie and that kill scene where Art just saws her in half. She's hung upside down all the blood is rushing to her, has rushed to her head so she feels more pain. That is brutal. I didn't think that Damien would be able to top that kill on Catherine Kakoran. But they've done it. They have done it. And it is brutal. So if you are squeamish, around about the hour 20 mark in that movie, ouch, you are in for a hell of a blood splattering ride because that is quite a harsh kill. Probably the harshest movie murder I've ever seen. And I thought Catherine's was bad. Um, there's also, yeah, there, there's a lot more, you know, to this movie. And I'm not going to speak too much about it because I kind of think you need to see it. But there's two other the kills that, that really do hit you hard. The boyfriend and the girlfriend, um, Sienna's friend. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, wow. Spikes, bats, chests, oh, getting impaled. Just, it's a lot. And I actually, I just shut my eyes then as I was talking about it and I could see it. I could see the body parts. Oh, yeah. I need to try and unsee that before bedtime tonight. That's for sure. I think I might have to go and put something on Cartoon Network, like Dexter's Lab or, or Johnny Bravo or, or something just to get my head straight. Because Terrifier 2 landed in the UK today. Time of recording is October the 24th. So if you haven't seen it yet, digitally download it today. It's so worth it. If you're a horror freak like me, if you're a gore freak, like many of us in the world, go check out Terrifier 2. And also give Lauren Levera a follow on Twitter and just just give her a shout to say how amazing she is as Sienna. She'll acknowledge you. Um, she is legit loving the fact that, she, you know, Terrifier 2 is adored. I mean, it was made on a $250,000 budget, I think. It's made like $5 million. I mean, that's huge for a movie working on that budget. It like, it, it's huge so go and give Damien Lauren the rest of the cast all the praise in the world because they they really do deserve it it's fantastic and I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah somehow seeing how Terrifier 3 can come about I'm trying not to give too much away on that one but yeah Terrifier 2 go and enjoy it now digitally or if you're in the US catch it in the cinema on the big screen just maybe don't get any ketchup with your nachos or, or what is, whatever condiments you need to, to accompany you into the big screen because uh, you ain't going to want to eat it at least an hour or so into that movie. Yeah, it's harsh. Um, also, this past weekend, uh, we have, we've had NXT Halloween Havoc and it, it, it crept up. It crept up on us a little bit. You know, obviously, we're in October. We're a week away from Halloween, but Halloween Havoc just crept up on us. I remember tweeting at the start of the week, like to my followers, like, guys, is, is Halloween Havoc on the network? Because I know that some NXT specials have been um, only on, I think only on Peacock or, or whatever channel it is over there in, in the week. Um, so it might air on BT Sport or something. I, I don't know why as a wrestling fan for years and years, knowing how NXT premium live events work, um, I had to question it. And my goodness, um, also recently, I, I've been staying up less. Pay-per-views have moved, sorry, premier live events have moved now to Saturday nights. So it's a lot easier for those of us in the UK that, that have been getting up at 1am till 4, 5 in the morning and then going to work at 7. I've actually been enjoying my shows by getting a good night's sleep and getting up Sunday morning, cup of coffee, 7 a.m. in the morning and watching a three, four hour show. I feel so much better for it. Um, 
yeah, I highly recommend it. I mean, I'm not going to do it for everything. You know, like Survivor Series, I'll be up. Rumble, I'll be up. Certain things need to be watched live. But I, I risked it this weekend and went Halloween Havoc the next morning. Avoided everything across social media. As you do, it's very easy to do it. Just don't go on the apps, guys. You know, I think once I posted something on my Instagram story, it was a result of something. And I got moaned at. Like, don't go on the apps. If you're trying to avoid spoilers, don't look at people's stories. Avoid the apps. Turn notifications off. It's very simple to avoid spoilers. Don't go on the apps where spoilers, like, are everywhere. Don't go on it. Because there's people watching this stuff. It makes me crazy. Uh, but anyway, Halloween Havoc certainly snuck up on us um what a show by the way like starts off with a north american ladder match spot after spot after spot after spot carmelo hayes he is he is a phenomenal athlete he really is and one person that really impressed me who i've really struggled with like for a long time von wagner Uh, like the guy looked a beast he he looked like he was moving better. He looks like he's in better shape than what he was a year ago when I was introduced to him. Um, his his persona all round is much better than the what I've ever seen before. And now I'm invested to watch NXT this week to see what Mister Stone and Von Wagner may do because I mean that that throw on Wesley from the ring through the announce table I've never seen anything like that ever in any ladder matches. I know. Wagner's a big guy, Wesley's a small guy, and they take these bumps. But my goodness, you had to get the timing right. Wes had to land correctly. Wagner had to throw him, like, just the, the purest, purest precision ever. It, a fantastic spot. Uh, but ultimately, Wesley winning, those tears were real. You could see that uh, in Wes's eyes. You know, obviously, the the issues that he's had, you know, with his former tag team partner having to leave the brand, having to leave, leave the industry for the time being or, or whatever's going to happen. Listen, don't shoot me down. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I know the bullet points. I don't know the ins and outs. So whatever happens in the future, I wish anyone involved all the best. I really, really do. Um, but, but seeing Wes cry, you could see all the raw emotion from him. He had everything. His childhood, his family, his best friends, who he's come through the scene with, all in that one championship belt and you could see it and I think it was fantastic to see it wasn't my pick for the night personally um for me I think I kind of wanted I don't know I think I wanted Camelo Hayes to win the title again if I'm being honest with you I think the guy is absolute money um he could he could dethrone the NXT champion whomever that may be we'll get to that shortly but um yeah what a phenomenal match um I've rewatched it already uh once as well as rewatching Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez, because that was my second favorite match of the night. Um, again, very personal. These two did fantastically well. Again, they, they may have rushed into a couple of spots. I thought it was a great match. I think it's clear to see that Roxanne Perez is a ready-made huge star for NXT and for the main roster. So giving her a little bit of a fast pass here, uh, I understand why she's beating Cora Jade. Cora is slightly green still, although Cora is fantastic. She, and I only tweeted it uh, off post-show, um, she could run the NXT Women's Division for a lot longer than many of the others that are currently there or coming through could do. You know, um, I feel that Roxanne is probably going to be the next NXT Women's Champion. She could probably hold that for eight to nine months and then have that match again with Cora. We could get another 
slight Chompa Gargano style story here, but have Perez and, and Cora Jade look back at this feud in a year's time and have Cora dethrone Perez. Cora could be the champion moving forward because Perez is, is ready made for the main roster. Um, just tidying up, uh, clearly tidying up on a few things with her. But yeah, Roxanne Cora, fantastic match. Uh, well done to both uh, there. That, that was massive. One thing I did really like um, was uh, the Alba and the Mandy Rose haunted house segment because uh, Dolan and JC Jane were fantastic in this segment. Their facials, I mean, JC Jane is great. Like, she is so believable. I think she's the best of the three. I might be biased. I have a thing for JC Jane. I think she's great. Um, I thought this this whole segment, um, Alba obviously eventually getting Mandy in the car and returning to the arena and the match starting the way it did. I loved that. The match itself for me had something missing. I'm not quite sure what it was. Um, I felt like it was built that it was time for Mandy to lose. You know, Alba, G uh, Gigi Dolin and... And JC Jane left at the haunted house. She's got Mandy on her own. It was time maybe to take the title off Mandy and, and have Alba win. And I just feel it fell a bit flat towards the end. Mandy retains. No problem with it at all. She's fantastic, by the way. Probably one of the most improved stars in many, many years uh, since dropping back down to NXT, re-establishing herself, reinventing, and obviously toxic attraction with that in the same breath i think it's fantastic what they've done with mandy and toxic attraction but i do feel it was time for her to drop the title alba unlucky we wanted to see the scott win of course uh we'll have to wait a little bit longer but maybe that maybe roxanne is, is next in line for mandy and, and roxanne will be the hand-picked um woman to dethrone Mandy Rose. And if that's going to happen at December the 10th that NXT delivered, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Toxic Attraction already made for the main roster. Can't wait to see them go onwards and upwards. And um, once Mandy is, is gone from that division, you'll see, you know, Blair Davenport is there. Mako Satomura, I believe, is, is in and around. There's a lot of names that can come into that cluster there and it'll feel very fresh. And that is what NXT is very good at. Um, the ambulance match, um, I thought was, by the way, fantastic. I it was it was the kind of match that came, um, and I was thought thinking, and I don't, I don't skip things. This was the sort of thing that I thought, I'll just fast forward a little bit, you know. I didn't, um, and I'm so glad I didn't. I love this match. I love the emotion. I love the spots. I just, yeah, I mean, one of the best matches of the night was the ambulance match, and and the right guy went over. Um, Julius Creed went over. He looks great, by the way. Um, very, very enjoyable ambulance match. Um, on to the main event. Um, what a match. Full stop between every single word there. What full stop? A full stop match, full stop. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. A plus wrestling match. I thought it was Ilya Dragunov's time. I mean, the Torpedo Moscow, when that comes out of nowhere, is one of my favourite manoeuvres in, in the professional wrestling today. JD McDonough, I know he's got his haters out there for known reasons, of course. You cannot deny that JD and Ilya Dragunov are the futures of NXT. Bron Breaker is a phenomenon. The guy is stacked. He is main roster ready. And again, the same situation with Mandy Rose. I thought it was time to take the title off Bron Breaker. He doesn't have to be involved with the pinfall, as we've seen in so many triple threat matches before. Protect 
the person dropping the championship. They didn't do that. They kept it on Bron. What might be next for Bron? Who knows? But who is going to dethrone Bron Breaker? Who is in NXT right now? And again, people, I want to hear your thoughts. Tweet me. Send your voice notes. Who do you think is going to dethrone Bron Breaker for the NXT Championship? Because I really thought it was Ilya Dragunov. I mean, could it be Ilya one-on-one? He was that close. Now, JD's had his one-on-one chance. He didn't take the title. Ilya Dragunov has not had the one-on-one match yet. So I am assuming that we get Ilya Brombreaker. And if it finishes anything like Ilya Walter, wow. You know, Ilya choking out the champion at the time. I'm all for that. That was, again, one of my favourite wrestling matches ever, Ilya Dragunov-Walter. If we get Ilya one-on-one with Brombreaker at NXT Delivered, I think it's time. I, I really think it's time. And Bron, Royal Rumble, go main roster, go and enjoy yourself because you, sir, are a ready-made star. So all in all, Halloween Havoc, out of five, I'm, you know what, I'm giving it four and a half. Thoroughly enjoyed all three hours of that wrestling show. It did what it needed to do on a Sunday morning. It got me hyped for the day. I had a very good day on the Sunday. Football results as well. If you know me, I'm a Leicester City born and bred fan and they beat Wolverhampton Wanderers 4-0 on the same day. So all in all, I had an absolutely stellar day. And guys, I want to thank you so, so much for listening and choosing to download or listen to this podcast on the go or wherever you may be listening. I hope you've enjoyed my thoughts on Halloween ends. I hope you've enjoyed and want to interact with my thoughts on Triple H and the current state of WWE and how exciting it is. And also a very brief look at Terrifier 2. I'm just basically urging you guys to go and watch how bloody awesome that movie is. And NXT Halloween Havoc. Guys, I am just here to talk wrestling. I'm here to talk movies. I'm here to talk figures, sticker books, merchandise, whatever you want to talk about. DMs are open. Social media is open. It's at 9 plus 1 equals 10 on both the Gram and the Twitter machine. DMs are open. The voice note link is on my social media. Look at my tweets. It is there for you to see. Guys, give me a follow. Give me a like. Give me a subscribe. Write me a review. Come on the show. Let's talk wrestling. Let's go to shows. Let's talk about your earliest and your favorite memories of wrestling. Your worst moments in wrestling. What would you have changed in life? Talk about your top tens, your top fives, whatever it may be. But I am inviting you all. The door is always open. DM me at 9 plus 1 equals 10 on the gram, on the Twitter. Guys, thank you so much. I'm Josh. I'm the host of Keeping It Kayfabe. And I'll see you guys on the other side.